Well, today I want to talk to you guys about, um, I want to talk to you about prayer. And uh, this has kind of been on my mind for a little while and kind of been kicking things around and looking at kind of what direction to go. And, uh, and so for the next couple of weeks, I just want to talk to you about the idea of prayer and the reality of prayer. And, and here's what I know is probably true, because um, I know it's true for me a lot of the time, and it's probably true for most for a lot of you, maybe not all of you, but at least some of you, is the fact that if we're honest, if we would raise our hands and if we're honest, we would, a lot of us would have to say, my prayer life could really use a boost. You know, my prayer life really, for some of you, you're prayer warriors, right? And it's, it's kind of what you do, and it's almost your ministry. But for many of us, and maybe for many of you, the, the prayer area of our walk, of our Christian life, sometimes just struggles, doesn't it? And it's, and it's kind of like, man, if, if I'd be honest, my prayer life could be better. And it could grow. And I don't know if you guys are like me, but for much of my life, and I still struggle with this sometimes, if I'm honest, I've kind of lived with this low-grade guilt, Right, And it's kind of like, man, I know I need to pray more. I should have more of a vibrant prayer life. And I need to spend more time with God. And I look at other people that are prayer warriors. And there's some of you that are. And you spend time with God. And it just comes natural for you. And you pray. And God answers. And God shows up. And you kind of have this communication back and forth. And it just seems to flow. And so many times I, I look at that and I'm like, why is it so hard for me? Why do I have to work so hard at it? And I know that's true for a lot of you. And we kind of live with this guilt or, or, you know, kind of feel less than. And so over the next couple of weeks, what I'm hoping that we can do together is to kind of relieve some of that and to kind of take prayer and break it down and make it into something that is simple. Because it really is simple. And it doesn't have to be complicated. And it doesn't have to fit in some of these boxes that we put it into as Christians and as religious people. So today we're going to just simply lay a real simple, very simple foundation for an understanding of prayer. Next week we're going to talk about what haunts so many of us, and that is is unanswered prayer. Why does it seem so often that God just doesn't answer my prayer? Why does it seem like when he or she prays, God shows up and answers? And why does it seem like so often when I pray, either the opposite happens or it's just silence? And how does that work? And you know, what's going on there, and how does God look at that, and kind of what's happening with that? And then the last week, we're going to go and look at the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to dig into it very deeply, and we're going to learn to pray like Jesus prayed, in the way that Jesus told us that we ought to pray. So maybe we should ask these questions. Most of us, if not all of us, that have stepped across the line of faith, and even people that are not Christians, pray, Right? But I think that all of us would say, man, I'd love to have my prayer life more meaningful. I'd like to understand it better. I'd like that area of my Christian life to come easier. I'd like it to be meaningful. I would like to know that God hears my prayers. And listen, we all know that he hears, but like he really hears. And I'd like it to be, you know, just alive and vibrant. Why is it that it's so hard for us? And what are the things that kind of are pushing back and keeping us from having that area of our life more meaningful. And maybe there's four areas. I don't have this in your outline or on the screen, I don't think. But for some of us, and I run into this. You guys run into this. I run into this especially with people that don't have a church background. And let me just say this. 
before you take that statement too far. Some of us that have a church background need to just stop everything that we've learned about prayer. Because those of us that sometimes have a church background, when it's our turn to pray, we go into this church voice, and we put on a different language and this religious garb, and the people that are around us are like, that's, you know, we kind of take on this King James language and and things, and, and that's not necessarily the right way to pray either. But I run into people, and you guys run into people, they just simply don't know how to pray. Well, how, in the, how do I pray? You know, do I, am I praying too long? Am I praying too short? Should I pray in a loud voice? Should I pray in a quiet voice? I've read blogs, and I've read things that say you should never pray unless you're on your knees, and there's like all of this stuff. And we make it complicated, and there's so many people that are like, I'm not sure I know how. I mean, how do I actually do it? What does it even look like? The second thing, maybe, and this is so me, is for some of us, when we pray, we get so easily distracted. Are any of you with me? And we have like ADHD. And it's like we kneel down, or we're going to pray, and we're 30 seconds into it, and our intentions are great, right? Our intentions are great, our heart is right, and 30 seconds into it, your mind is like way over here, and you're thinking about what you forgot to do yesterday or what you forgot to do, and it's just like your mind, you just can't get it settled and in a groove and to concentrate. And we have these distractions, it's a very real, that's a very real problem for me when it comes to my prayer life. It is, I'll just be honest. My mind just wanders. You know, then I, and then I look at some people that will spend 30 minutes in prayer and they're on their knees and I'm like, if I would spend 30 minutes in, my, in prayer, I'd be, I'd be sleeping. You know, I'd fall asleep. Or, and, and it's just, it is a real, it's a real thing. Number three, maybe a lot of us, for some of us, we just think our requests are too small. And we, we look at God and we know this about God. We know that God is, is God and He's huge and he's awesome, and he's mighty, and he knows everything, and he's a busy God. I mean, he got all of these people. He's taking care of the entire world. I mean, there's wars, and there's things going on. And does God, would God, really care about these little things in my life? And to me, it's big, but I think they're pretty small to God. And I'm not sure God would even care that much about the little things and some of the details that... Maybe they're too small for this amazing God. And then the fourth thing, and see, here's the thing. We all struggle with this, too, whether we admit it or not. Maybe some of us, to a greater degree, is, is we struggle with, even those of us that have walked with the Lord for years, is we struggle with these doubts. So I'm not sure it's going to make any difference anyway. And I'm just not sure. You know, I'll probably pray about it, and I should pray about it, but is it really going to make that much difference? Because I prayed last time, and it just didn't seem like God heard. Or I prayed last time, and nothing changed. Or I've been praying, and it sure seems like God is just silent. And we have these doubts. And so here's what I know is true. I know that for many of us that are believers, we believe in God. We actually love Him. And our intentions and the desires of our heart really are to please Him and be close to Him. But if we're honest, our prayer life 
And that area of our Christian life is just kind of dull. And at best, for many of us, it's half-hearted, and for some of us, maybe, it's almost non-existent. So today we're going to just start very basic, and we're going to build on this foundation over the next two weeks. And I'm going to give you just a working definition of what prayer is. And this is exactly what prayer is. Nothing less, nothing more. It's not complicated. It's almost so simple that it's like, I don't even know if I should preach this. But prayer is this. Prayer is simply communicating with Him. That's all it is. Prayer is simply communicating with God. It is very, very simple, and it is very, very basic. That's all it is. Prayer is just simply you communicating with your Heavenly Father, the Creator of the universe, your Savior, your God. That's all it is. It's you talking to Him and Him speaking back to you in all sorts of different ways. It's simply communication. It's not any different than me and you that are married, being in a marriage relationship. And the only way that I can have a great marriage with my wife is if we communicate. It is impossible, it is impossible for us to have a good marriage and for our marriage to stay strong unless we make sure that we communicate. It's communication, that's all it is. And here's, here's what is so important, and I know that, that some of you know this, but I want, I want us to understand this, to build all of this on this premise. To build this whole idea of prayer and communication on this premise, because this is the most important thing that we can ever understand. We understand this. We understand that God is God, right? We understand that He's Almighty. We understand that He's very, very big, that He's powerful, that He's all-knowing, that, that uh, he's, uh, He can do anything He wants. We know that He's the creator of the universe, but here's what the premise that I want us to build that on is he is all of those things. But you know what the ultimate thing is for your heavenly father? The ultimate thing for God is this, is to live in relationship with you. That's what he cares about more than anything else. In fact, that's what, that's what he's all about. I had the privilege of leading someone through the story of salvation here about a week and a half ago or whenever it was, and we started all the way back in Genesis, that the beginning was everything was perfect, and God walked and talked with his creation. They were in perfect relationship. Can you imagine that? In Genesis, it tells us that God came and he walked, like beside Adam and Eve through the garden, and they talked with each other face to face, and they had this amazing ability to communicate and to be with each other and to, and to do life together and to have this relationship. That's all that God cared about. And then sin entered the world, and it separated that relationship. And now God was over here, and he couldn't be a part of this which was sinful and unholy. And all the Old Testament led up to the climax of Jesus coming, dying on a cross for one purpose, was for the restoration of God's relationship with his creation. And what I want you to understand is this, is in order for that relationship to be alive and vibrant and anything close to what God intends it to be, it happens through prayer. Church is a part of it. Talking to other Christians is a part of it. Definitely reading the Bible is a part of it. But prayer is how you communicate 
with your heavenly Father. And listen, there is nothing, there is nothing that he likes more is when his sons and daughters take the time to talk to him. It's what he's all about. He loves when we spend time with him. He loves when we talk to him. He loves when we share our heart with him. He loves to hear our requests. It thrills him. It's what he's about. It doesn't bother him. It's what he wants. Psalms 5, verses 1 through 3, is, teaches us so much about prayer. And I hope that, man, my ultimate goal is that we can kind of break out of some of the boxes that we build around the idea of prayer today as we walk through this. But listen to these, listen to these words of David. He says this. He says in verse 1, he says, Give ear to my words, O Lord. In other words, here's what David is saying. He said, God, would you, just li- would you listen? Would you turn your face and pay attention to me? Would you hear my words? And this is the way when I read this, this is the way that I filter it through. Is, and a lot of you ladies are the same way. When I talk to my wife, my, my, my wife will tell me, is, is, I want to talk, but I want you to listen to me with your face. Okay, and what that means for her is like she'll reach over and turn my face. Like turn my head so I'm looking at her. She wants me to look her in the eye, to, to communicate that way, to hear her. Not, not just like this here, but to look at her. You know, and I'm like, I don't, I don't need to look at you. I can hear you. But, and, and this is what David is saying. He's, saving, he's saying to God basically the same thing. God, hear me. Don't just kind of hear me off on the side, but like, hear me with your face. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Pay attention. And then he says this, one of the weirdest things you can read in the Bible if you don't look, kind of look into it. Consider my sighing. And sometimes we read these verses, right, and we just kind of skip right over. This is so important. He says, God, pay attention to me. Consider my sighing. Do you know that you can have a sigh of frustration? Right? Oh, I don't know how you sigh like that, but I hear it sometimes. Or you can have a sigh of Utter contentment. And there's probably variations in between those two or, or different directions. And, and that's exactly what David is saying. That's literally what he means. It's like, God, pay attention to, to how I'm feeling. I consider kind of even the things that I don't say. Listen to my words, but God, also pay attention to kind of how I'm feeling, the mood I'm in, and my size. God, I want to talk to you. I want you to consider, hear my words, and I want you to consider my sighing. And then verse 2, he says, Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God, for I know for to you I pray. And here, David, this is important. David is acknowledging that this is a God that he doesn't just know about, but he is a God who is literally his God, who is his King, that he has a relationship with. with. Verse 3, and he says, In the morning, O Lord... You hear my voice. This is so important. God, I've said this already. God hears you. He really does. He really is listening with his face. Even if it doesn't seem like it, even if sometimes it doesn't make sense, he really is. He really is paying attention. He really is tuned in. 
He's not like watching TV with the remote and one ear kind of turn your direction. No, he's tuned in. He's focused in. You have his attention. David says, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I lay my request before you. And then he says this, and I wait in expectation. I wait in expectation. God, I'm going to pray. Would you please hear me? Would you listen to my words? Would you listen to my moods? Would you pay attention to how I'm feeling? Would you hear my sighs? I know that you hear me. You're my king. And I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to wait in expectation. And here's the thing. Here's the attitude of what David is saying. He's saying this. God, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to tell you how I feel. I'm going to tell you what I need, and then I'm going to wait in expectation. I can't wait to see how you're going to answer my prayer. And God, I know this. You may answer my prayer exactly like I ask, or you may answer it in a lot better way, or you may answer it in a completely different way, where even to me, it feels like you're not answering. But, God, I trust your character and your heart. And I can't wait to see how you're going to answer my prayer. And I know who you are. I know that you have plans for me, and the plans you have for me are good. And they're to prosper me. And even if it doesn't make sense right now, I'm going to trust you because I know who you are and I know your heart and I'm okay with that. But I'm going to wait with expectation. I don't know how many times you guys pray or we pray and we just kind of leave it at that. And we're like, okay, now we prayed. David says, no, I'm not just going to pray. I'm going to now wait. I'm going to wait, but I'm going to anticipate. I'm going to anticipate how he's going to answer it. Give ear to my prayers. Consider my sighing. I'm going to give you this, and I'm going to wait. Those of you that have kids, this, this is so liberating when it comes to our prayer life. Those of you that have children, if you have more than one, one kid or you have four or five kids or whatever, isn't it true that every one of your kids is different? Every one of your kids is different. And you have one kid, or I have one kid, my kids are all in here, so I can't say too much. But I have one kid that uh, just talks. Like, I don't even have to dig. Right? It, just, it just comes out. You know, and we have this great relationship. And it just, it just bubbles out. I mean, it's like there's no effort. And sometimes I'm like, please shut up. You know, and it's like. And then I have another kid that I have to spend time with. And it takes time. And I have to nurse it. And then after a while, it starts. My kids are all different. They have different styles of communicating and different ways of relating. And here's what I want you to understand. We're all different when it comes to prayer. Way different. Some of us are ADHD. And it is literally almost impossible for us to spend 30 minutes on our knees praying. And I want to give you the freedom. I'll give you your permission slip. If you're one of those people, don't beat yourself up. Okay? Don't think you're less than somebody else that has the ability. And if you have that ability, do it. And listen, I'm not saying you should never get on your knees and spend time with God. That's not what I'm saying. But we're different. We communicate differently. 
And there's not a recipe. There's not a certain way to do it. Be okay with who God has made you to be. And find what works for you. And be unique in the way that you communicate with Him. Just make sure you communicate with Him. Right? And it's the same way in marriages. Right? You guys don't all communicate the way me and Bonnie do. If you would communicate the way me and her do, it would be dysfunctional for you. Maybe it's dysfunctional for us. I don't know. But we're different. Find how God made you and be okay with it. God's okay with it because he made you that way. It's all right. Prayer is communicating with God. I want to show you some very simple ways, just kind of very practical ways on how we communicate with him and what are some things that are so important. I've got to go through these pretty fast. The first thing, if you're taking notes, is this. How do we talk to God? Do it with gut-level honesty. Just do it with gut-level honesty. Let me tell you something. Your God is a big enough God to handle your honesty. And here's the thing. He already knows it anyway. He already knows that you're angry. He already knows that it's really hard for you to forgive. He already knows that you're questioning and doubting. He already knows. And listen, God's not shook up. He's not standing up in heaven and saying, oh, I have never, ever seen one of my children. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've never seen this before. See, he, he understands. He, under, he knows. If you go through Scripture, especially the Psalms, David is brutally honest with God. He just tells them. And that's what God wants. And again, I would just say this here. And listen, there's, there's a lot of you here that are not like this at all, but we run into it. Don't put on the religious language, the these and the thous and all of this stuff when you pray. You know, your children don't come to you and do that. Your children don't climb in your lap as a dad and start calling you some fancy names and all this stuff. They just talk to you. And your Heavenly Father wants you to do the same thing. Just be you. Just be you. God is secure enough to handle exactly who you are. Moses, in the Old Testament, in Exodus 5, is very honest with God. And you can almost hear the sarcasm in Moses' voice as he questions God. Verse 22, he says, Moses returned to the Lord. And here's what he said, O Lord, why have you brought trouble upon this people? Is this why you sent me? He's he's like being very honest, and he's, he's kind of full of, like pain and confusion and doubts. He's like, God, why did, what's going on? Why have you brought trouble upon these people? And, and is that why you sent me? I mean, I already read that. Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, I've done what you asked me to do, God. Right? I, I'm doing what you've asked me to do. Ever since I've done it, he has brought trouble upon his people, and you have not rescued your people at all. He's just very honest. He's like, God, listen, I did exactly what you asked me to do. I thought I was following your will. I thought I heard from you clearly. And I've done everything you've asked me to do. My heart is right. My intention is right. And God, you're just not showing up. And he just puts it right out there for God. He says, this is how I'm feeling. And I know that's true for some of us in different areas. And just listen, just be honest with them. Just tell them. Now, on the flip side of this, and I've seen the flip side of this as well, 
is God wants you to be yourself. God wants you to not put on religious language. God wants you to be honest, but, he, but listen, we should always be reverent. Okay? We should always be reverent. We should always pray in a reverent way and in a worshipful way and in a way that is submissive to Him because He is God. Okay, so don't take this so casually and just be like, eh, you can just kind of throw it out there and be real casual in the way that we approach God and kind of flippant about it and, and not reverent. That's not what I'm saying. He's still God, and He's still a holy God, but He, he can handle your honesty. But we should always pray in a reverent way and in a worshipful way and in a way that is submissive to Him, remembering who He is. You know, Jesus criticized prayer for two reasons. He criticized prayer when it was inauthentic, when it wasn't from the heart, and, it was, and when it was too lengthy and too religious. That's what he criticized. Jesus said, when you pray, don't pray like, don't pray like these guys that pray out in the, in the streets. Right, Matthew 6, he says, and when you pray... Don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. When you pray, don't keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. And Jesus is just saying, keep it simple. Be authentic. Be real. Pray to me very honestly. Second thing about, uh, about prayer is this, is learn to talk to God about everything. Everything that matters to you, literally. Listen, if it matters to you, it matters to your Heavenly Father. Do you know that? If it matters to you, it matters to your Heavenly Father. If you're a parent, again, and you're at all a good parent, the things that matter to your children matter to you. And here's what I know is true as a father, is my little girl can be hurting for something that I don't even care the littlest about. I mean, it doesn't bother me. Whatever she's crying about, that very that particular item or whatever she's crying, it's not a big deal. But I hurt because she hurts. And your Heavenly Father is the same way. Whatever matters to you matters to Him. Philippians 4, verse 6, it says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. Big things, little things, important things, not so important things, but in everything. By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. It's important. If it's important to you, it's important to, to God because you're His child. You know, Scripture is full. And you could go through Scripture and just find this if you wanted to. But Scripture is full of all kinds of people that prayed for all kinds of different things. Do you know that? Vast. Different. Let's just go a few... Uh, through some of them. Zacharias wanted a son, so he prayed. Solomon asked for wisdom. He prayed for wisdom. Moses and Samson both asked for water. Very simple. Daniel had a dream and couldn't figure it out as he prayed for, for God to give him understanding what the dream is. Gideon felt called by an angel of the Lord to do something, and he asked God to give him a sign. He prayed. Abraham had a servant who prayed that God would find him favor to find a wife for his son, for, for, for Isaac. 
David prayed for forgiveness, right, after his sin with Bathsheba. Elijah prayed that it wouldn't rain. And we know the story. It didn't rain for what, like three years? Three and a half years it didn't rain. Elijah prayed again, and it rained. Paul prayed. Paul prayed numerous times for the thorn in his flesh, right, whatever it was. And we know that God never answered that prayer. Or at least not in the way that Paul wanted him to answer that prayer. And as you look through Scripture, there are all kinds of things that people prayed for. So don't be afraid to pray for it. If if you care about it, God cares about it, especially those of you that are young. Right? And we under well, maybe I should say, especially those of us that are older, we understand this better when we're children. We pray about everything. And as we get older, we begin to think that things just aren't important enough. Listen, God cares. God cares. Right? If you're concerned about anything in your life, listen to me. If you have a vehicle that has 250,000 miles on it and you're not sure what you're going to do when it breaks down, pray about it. Pray about it. If you have a child that's getting ready to go to college and you don't know how you're going to pay for it, pray about it. If you're concerned about the economy, pray about it. If you wish your relationship was different with your husband or wife, pray about it. If your child is sick, pray about it. When the list could go on and on and on, pray about it. It doesn't matter what it is. If you care about it and are affected by it, God cares about it. Number three. Learn to speak. Learn to talk to God continually. This is so huge. Learn to talk to God when you pray continually. This comes back to this I think This is so big for me because I struggle with spending lots of time on my knees. It's just hard for me to do. But this right here gives me so much freedom. My prayer life is not so much big blocks of time. My prayer life is a continual prayer. It really is. Pray continually. Be an attitude of prayer. Be in an attitude of prayer. Listen to this verse. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It says, Be joyful always and pray continually. King James says, Pray without ceasing. Do it all the time. Just pray all the time. Be in an attitude of prayer at all times. Give thanks to God in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This might be, this might be for some of us, for some of you the most important thing you can learn today if you're not already doing this. See, prayer doesn't have to be a thing where you... It it should be this, okay? Please understand me, but it doesn't have to be just this when you get on your knees and you fold your hands and you spend time in prayer. Prayer can be a continual thing. Prayer can be like this. Prayer can be like this. And I do this. As you're driving in your vehicle and you drive by somebody's house that you know, I don't know if the Mayhans are here, but I drive by their house all the time, a couple times a day sometimes. And you know what I'll often do? Almost every time, not every time, but almost every time, I will just say, all of you, if I drive by your house, I'll just say a prayer for you. I'll just say, God, thank you that there are friends. Bless them, and if I know there's certain things going on, I'll pray for it. Just pray all the time. As you go into work, as you walk by your boss's office, say, God, I really don't like him, but would you bless him? You know, bless him so much that he gives me a raise. And as you walk by someone that you work with, you're like, you know, I, I know this is going on. I know their grandma is sick. God, would you just, and just pray all the time. It's just quick little 
prayers. And I want to tell you something. Your heavenly Father loves that. He loves it. Pray continually about simple things. And I learned this. I forget who said this and exactly where this came from, but I keep this in my mind all the time when it comes to prayer because I'm an impatient person. And it's easy for me to pray about something, and if God doesn't show up, either I forget about it or I move without him. Right? So this is so important. is to push while you pray. P-U-S-H. And it means this. Pray until something happens. Pray until something happens. Don't stop praying. Keep praying. You push while you pray. You, and there's all kinds of things we could say. Or you've got to do what you have to do while you pray. But, but this idea of pushing. You pray until something happens. Until God does something. Or something changes. Pray until something happens. Be like the widow in Luke 18 who is persistent. And finally, because she's so persistent, she gets her way. And the guy grants her her request. And here's the thing. This sounds a little weird, and we kind of push back on this. But it's in there for a reason. And it kind of says, listen, if if this judge is like this, surely your heavenly Father is like this. You get God's attention when you're persistent. Okay? Don't ask me how that works. Don't ask me how God views all that. I just know that God loves when his people push, that they pray until something happens. It gets God's attention. Be persistent. Number four is this. And this one here we struggle with, I struggle with, is listen for his response. Listen for his response. Don't just pray. Don't allow your relationship with your Heavenly Father to become kind of this one-way street of communication. And this is so easy to do. Listen, it's so easy. It's so easy to just pray. God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to speak. I want you to know my word. And then we go on with life, and we go on with our day, and we go on with our busyness, and we never stop, or we never, not only necessarily stop, but we're never really tuned in to hear His voice. Listen for his response. And then you might ask the question, well, how does God speak? And how do I hear from him? Well, it can be all kinds of different ways, right? It can be through people. Just make sure that they're the right people. It is for sure primarily through his word. And I know I've talked about this before, but every listen, when you hear from other people and you hear from circumstances, because God speaks through circumstances, God speaks through all various ways, but make sure that all of those ways are filtered through the Word of God. And if they do not line up with God's Word, then it is not God's voice. I promise you. But listen for His response. There's an interesting story. Right, when Elijah is speaking with God, he's communicating with God. And you guys know this story. This is such an important story. I love this story. But Elijah is speaking with God, and then there's, you know, he wants to hear from God, right? And it says that there was a wind that came and tore through this area and destroyed everything. And Elijah was like, surely God is going to be in the wind. And it says that God wasn't there. Then there was an earthquake. And Elijah was like, well, surely God's going to speak to me in this powerful earthquake. And God was not there, was not in the earthquake. Then there was a blazing fire. And we're like, that's got to be God. And God wasn't a part of the fire. 
And after all these great things and all this loud stuff and big things happened, here's what it says in 1 Kings 19, verse 12. It says, After the fire came a gentle whisper. And that's how God spoke. Listen. I see this so often. So many of us struggle with this idea of hearing from God. We want God to show up in a big way, right? And we want him to send a letter in the mail with a self, you know, with an address, God. And it's like God's handwriting, and he told me to do this. Or, you know, we want it in a loud voice, or we want it audibly. And listen, God sometimes communicates that way. And God sometimes communicates in a way that is very, very obvious. But in my own experience, and from what I have observed from other people, God, more times than not, speaks in a very quiet, sometimes subtle voice. And I'm not sure why God does that, but I do know this. I know that our culture and our lifestyle today makes it incredibly difficult to hear from God. And listen, I am as guilty or more guilty as any of you here. And we are busy, busy, busy. We're making a living. We're running our kids over here. We're running our kids over there. And then when we're home, we turn the television on until we go to sleep. And we're just busy. And sometimes what God wants us to do is literally, literally what God wants us to do, I believe this, even those of us that have a hard time holding still and being quiet, he wants us just to sit and be quiet. There's another verse that says, be still and know that I am God. There's something behind that. And listen, if you're here today and you're like, well, I pray, I get all this stuff, but I just don't hear the voice of God. It just seems like I never hear Him. Then I would challenge you to examine how busy and how noisy your life is. And listen, I'm right there with you. But maybe you need to slow down. Maybe you need to have some quiet time. Maybe you need to turn the radio off, turn the TV off. Maybe as a family, you need to be home for an evening and there's no distractions other than you just be together as a family. And you know what's weird about that is for some of us as a family is it's almost awkward anymore to be together as a family without the TV on or some noise going on in the background, or something going on. And that's kind of pathetic, isn't it? Listen, I'm just as guilty as you are. And I would just say this. Maybe we don't hear God's voice because there's so much noise in our life. And we need to slow down and be quiet and pay attention and wait expectantly so that we can hear Him. So let me just review very quickly, and I'm going to let you go. Prayer is simply communicating with God. You cannot have a relationship that's alive and vibrant unless you're communicating. When you pray, be honest. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. He cares. Pray continually. Pray conti- Just practice. Just pray continually. Whenever something pops up, you just pray about it. Short little words. 
you know, we're good in this culture to do little text messages and, you know, we tweet and all this stuff. You can do the same thing with your prayer life. Just short little bursts of prayer to God. He loves it. Pray continually. And then maybe the most important thing and maybe the hardest thing for us is let's wait expectantly and listen for his voice. And I think the answer and the key to that for most of us is we gotta be quiet. we got to be quiet. And we got to quiet our lives and allow him to speak. Let's pray.